Go ahead and be seated. Praise God. You know, God wants to do so much in our life. You cannot, well, it's not that we cannot, but we have to continually renew our mind to what his word says to open up, to receive from him what he has for us. If we don't renew our mind, then he cannot do anymore. And, uh, you know, his ability to do in our life is limited based on what we believe, what we think, and what we ask in faith. You know, Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, whosoever. Well, that's the way it is in everything in the kingdom. In Jesus, he provided healing for whosoever. In Jesus, he's provided abundance for whosoever. In Jesus, he has provided freedom from anxiety for whosoever. He's de- he has declared in Christ all the promises, all of the inheritance, and he put it on the inside of us. And it's for a whosoever that would believe it, that would receive it and take hold of it in their life. Hallelujah. Faith is not I want it. Faith is not I need it. Faith is I believe it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is so good. Well, did you enjoy the meetings with Brother Terry and Renee? Oh, weren't they good? What a, it was so refreshing. And, um, you know, just to sit there and listen to it and take it in, for me it's really special because I don't always get to sit on the chair. So uh, it's, uh, it was really special, and I just enjoy that. And, uh, the, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, he just pretty much stood up here and talked out of his heart and declared a lot of things to us. It was a lot of things. You know, if you were to say what was the one thing he talked about, it was a lot of things. And it's worth going back, hearing it again, and taking some notes and get those things in your heart. Amen? The uh, offering we, we gave them for their being here was $6,000. So praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're excited about that because that does go on to your account. Everything that that all those finances can do in the kingdom goes on to your account. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You say, well, maybe someday when I get to heaven, I'll be able to use my account. No, you can use it right here. Right here you can use it. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. The bank of heaven is a lot more secure than the yo-yos down here. <laughs> Amen. That's right. You sowed seed and to the, even to the church or whatever. You know, so you sowed seed. You sowed seed into Terry's ministry, and then they sow the seed. So everything that they sow goes to your account. So you get twice as. Amen. You know, the Apostle Paul said that. I'm not looking for the profit. I'm looking for it to benefit you in your giving. You know, uh, uh, sowing and finances is not designed for anybody to try to get your money. If it is, then they have a wrong heart and they're, and they're in error. It's all designed for your benefit, the, give, the benefit of the giver, not the benefit of the receiver. Amen. Every seed that's sown, glory to God. Brings a harvest. Hallelujah. 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 So I mentioned a few weeks ago that we were going to start down that road of of finances. Remember that? And uh, I never mentioned that to Terry, but the Holy Spirit did. 
and he brought him down that road of finances. So we're going to start down that road today, and um, <coughs> we live in a kingdom that never has inflation. We live in a kingdom that never has depression. We live in a kingdom that is never short on cash. We live in a kingdom that never overtaxes you by increasing your tithe. Amen. God never says, well, you know, we're not doing so good up here, so tithe's going up to 20% now. Amen. Heaven doesn't say, oh, we owe China some favors, so we need to get some more money out of you. Heaven doesn't do that. Glory to God. So open up to Malachi chapter 3, and let's talk today about the basics of financial operations and increase. You know, you need to really settle it in your heart. God wants you to increase. God does not want you taking some poverty vow, ridiculous, demonic poverty vow. Jesus didn't die for you to stay in poverty. He died so you can have an abundance. Though he was rich, he became poor so that you could become rich. Amen. And it starts with a rich life on the inside and produces to the outside. It's not about being able to memorize scripture. It's life. Life on the inside producing to the outside. Hallelujah. You can see this in the negative, of course, because before anything shows on the outside, there may be cancer cells on the inside and it produces to the outside. Isn't that right? Well, if it happens like that in the negative, how much more is it going to happen in the kingdom of God? The life of God on the inside producing to the outside. And the life of God on the inside kills all the garbage that goes on on the inside. Hallelujah. Malachi chapter 3, let's read verses 8 through 12. Very basics of financial increase. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. You know, nation is made up of individual people. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and test me or prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not, this is the proving, if I will not open for you, the windows of heaven, and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Now, I don't really give a rip what the world says. I don't care what unbelievers want to say. And I don't care really about what anybody says except the word of God. He says here, all the nations will call you blessed. You are not to be ashamed 
of the increase God brings into your life. Oh, I can't take any of that. That I, 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 you know, and I know people like this. Oh, I can't take. As soon as you give me, I got to give it away. I got to give it away because I can't have anything. What's wrong with you? God wants you to be blessed. The traditions make of no effect the word of God. I mean, I knew this one. We gave, I remember this one person some years ago gave him $100, and God said to give him $100, gave him $100, and he said, oh, thank you for that. I'm, I know where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to so-and-so because I can't take that for myself. And died in total poverty. No need for it. No need for it. So this is the very basic and the most important of all scriptures where finances are concerned. If we are not obedient to this word of the Lord, we cannot walk in the fullness of what he has for us in the area of financial advancement. This is the very, very basic. Amen. Somebody told me one time that teaching tithing really limits people. Well, their thinking is that it's only about tithing. But it's not all about tithing. It only starts with the tithe. That's where it begins. You cannot advance in the kingdom of God in the area of abundance, prosperity, and finances without tithing. It is the very basic of the financial operations and increase in the kingdom of God. Now, some people say things like, well, I don't have anything to tithe. You have 10 cents? Because if you got 10 cents, all you need is a penny. You say, well, that's not much. Well, what about the two mites the, the widow put in, which is actually, what, half a cent? And Jesus said she gave more than everybody because she gave out of her living. The others gave out of their abundance, their overflow. Right? Amen. And that really impressed Jesus. Don't think your penny doesn't impress Jesus. Amen. God's financial plan is not based on the economy of this country or this world. It's not based on what's going on in the Middle East. It's not based on what's going on in China or in Russia. God's economy is not affected by the world's markets. It is not controlled by our own ability to be able to buy and sell or work. Well, you know, this is all that I can work at, so this is all that I can produce. So are you limited to what you can produce? Because if, if you think that way, then you're in works, and you're not in faith, and you're not attaching to grace. God will not default on the gates made of pearl. His gates are made of one solid pearl, and he'll never default on it. He does not have to pave the streets with concrete because he can't afford gold anymore. <laughs> He'll not cash in his beautiful jewels in order to have a greater cash flow. In fact, God, Jesus never had jewelry. Do you know why Jesus never had jewelry? Because he breaks every chain. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. God's financial system never changes. And the good news is that we can connect what God's doing. Yes. You know, that's the whole deal is connecting with what God is doing. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Amen. 
Hebrews, go over to Hebrews chapter 7. And let's read verses 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 7. For this Melchizedek, you remember Melchizedek, right? Abraham gave him a tenth after the uh, war with the kings. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, Salem is Jerusalem, who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. To whom also Abraham apportioned the tenth part of all the spoils was first of all by the translation of his name, the name Melchizedek, king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, he remains a priest perpetually. Okay? Now, some people want to tell you that tithing is only in the Old Testament. It's not in the New Testament, so therefore it's not for us today. But here in the book of Hebrews, which is a New Testament book, we have a reference to the Old Testament example of Abraham tithing to Melchizedek. Isn't that right? Now, when Abraham brought the tithe to Melchizedek, it was at least 400 or so years before the law came into existence through Moses. So when we say, well, the Old Testament is law, no, it's not all law. Abraham's life, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, no law involved. Joseph, no law involved. Isn't that right? So Abraham brought the tithe to Melchizedek before the law, and tithing is not a part of the old covenant or the old law, but it's a part of the Abrahamic covenant relationship between him and God. And how many times, you know, when we read it, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law so that the blessings of Abraham would come upon us. Why? Because we live in that Abrahamic covenant. That same righteous relationship that Abraham had with God, we have with God, and our tithing is not based on law, but based on relationship. Amen. So you know what the rule of Scripture is, right? Whatever makes it into the New Testament is still good for today. It was the, it's the New Testament, the new will. It's in the new will, so therefore it's still good for today. Amen. And notice what it says there, Melchizedek remains a priest perpetually. Verse 4. Now observe how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the choicest spoils. Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth. Verse 5. And those indeed of the sons of Levi who received the priest's office have commandment in the law to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from the brethren, although these are descended from Abraham. So in the law, the priests are commanded to collect a tenth. But with Abraham, Abraham gave a tenth. But in the law is the command to collect the tenth or the tithe. Can you see the difference there? Okay. The former with Abraham is a heart condition. The latter with the Levites is law. Amen. Same act. Same act, but different heart. See, what you do isn't always what's important. It's what's in your heart. You don't get rewarded for what you do. You get rewarded for what's in your heart. If you're doing something, it's just out of tradition and there's no faith involved in it. You don't get no reward for that. 
But when it's out of your heart, then you get reward. In, Co in Corinthians, it talks about acts that are gold, silver, and precious stones or wood, hay, and stubble. It's not based on what you do. It's based on the heart condition. Yep. Amen. You know, and I've talked to people, and they fight you tooth and nail about tithing. Because their heart's right, not right. Amen. Verse 6 and 7. But the one whose genealogy, this is Melchizedek, is not traced. From them collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. But without any disputes, the lesser is blessed by the greater. So Melchizedek collected or received what Abraham willingly gave him. And Melchizedek blessed Abraham. When you look at the Levites collecting the tent, there's no mention of a blessing. It says if you don't bring it, you're cursed. Huh? Amen. Glory to God. Verse 8. In this case, mortal men receive tithes. But in that case, one receives them of whom it is witness that he lives on. So. The mortal people brought tithes to the Levites, who were mortal men. But there is one that receives the tithe as witness that he lives on. Who is that? Nope. Who is that? Melchizedek. Uh-huh. Now, we'll ultimately get where we need to go, but we need to talk about what this is talking about. He's talking about the one that lives on is Melchizedek. That doesn't mean that he'll never die or that he never did die. But what it means is back in verse 3, it says his priesthood is perpetual. The priesthood is what never dies. Levi's come and Levi's go. The Lord came and the Lord went. But there is one who perpetually is a priest. And it's Melchizedek that abides as a priest perpetually. Hallelujah. Now, if you go over to Hebrews chapter 5 and read verses 1 through 6. See, it all gets put together. You got to put the pieces together. So many people are messed up because they don't put pieces together in the word. They try to grab a piece here and grab a piece there and make it all work, but they haven't put it together. So here in verses, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, for every high priest taken from among men, Levi's, is appointed on behalf of men, Israel, in the things pertaining to God to be the high priest in order to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and the misguided since he himself is beset with weaknesses. And because of it, he is obligated to offer sacrifices for sins as for the people, so also for himself. And no one takes the honor to himself. He receives it when he is called by God, even as Aaron was. These are the mortal men. Now we go on, verse 5. So also Christ did not glorify himself so as to become a high priest. But he who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Just as he says also in another passage, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. 
So now Jesus, it shows Jesus is the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, not according to Aaron, not according to the Levites, not according to the Old Testament priesthood that was collecting tithes according to the law. But it was according to Melchizedek that was 450 years before the law ever even came into existence, before Aaron showed up, before the Levites ever showed up. This is the perpetual priesthood. And Jesus is the one that receives our tithe. Although we bring it to mortal men, there is one in whom it is witnessed of, he receives it. Glory to God. We are the royal priesthood, aren't we? Isn't that what Peter says? We are a royal priesthood, and Jesus is our high priest according to the priestly order of Melchizedek. So if we don't bring our tithes before our high priest, which is Jesus, we are robbers. Amen? Amen. And being robbers, you can't be blessed by God in his financial plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How can the blessing of God rest on a God robber? Now, that's pretty strong. I hope you didn't drop your coffee on live stream. I understand that that's pretty strong. But it is the word of God. And it's in the area of finances. I mean, do we want to increase or do we not want to increase? We can step into God's plan. There's only one other plan in existence, and it's the disintegrating world system. It's the only other plan you got. We either get on God's plan or we get on the disintegrating system of the world. And it may be time to let go of what's failing and start taking hold of the true blessed prosperity that God has provided for all of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Are you with me? Galatians chapter 3, which we referred to just a little bit ago. Galatians 3, 13, 14, and 29. Galatians 3, 13, 14, and 29. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that, for this reason, for this purpose, that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham. What blessing was that? Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Deuteronomy 28 is known as the blessings of Abraham. We sing that song, don't we? The blessings of Abraham are for me. So that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise and the provision of the Spirit through faith. And if you belong to Christ, born again in Christ, you are his, he is yours, then you are Abraham's descendants and heirs according to the promise. So the promise that was made to Abraham was to Abraham and his seed. His seed is Christ, and we're in that seed, and all of the promise belongs to us. Amen. Amen. Now, I know that many of you know this in your head, and you know it's what Terry talked about. You may have known it in your spirit, but it may have floated up into your head, and it's no longer in your spirit, but now it's in your head, and you can memorize and recite, but is it life? 
And this is why we go back over these things again, because faith comes by hearing and faith is now. Amen. We all want to be blessed with our father of faith, which is Abraham. But will we act like our father of faith? He was a tither. Tithe was given to Melchizedek after Melchizedek had blessed Abram. And by his action of giving tithes, Abraham demonstrated Melchizedek's superiority. And Melchizedek was a type and shadow of Christ. He was not Christ. He was a type and shadow of Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What are you doing? Where did you go? Thank you. Come back. So, <clears throat> Melchizedek, it says he had no genealogy. That doesn't mean he had no genealogy. It means there was none reported. There was no reported genealogy on Melchizedek. And Christ was without father and without mother. Christ is the prince of peace. He is a high priest forever in heaven. And certainly his superiority is without doubt. And remember what we read over there in Hebrews? The lesser is blessed by the greater. And God is the greater. I just thought I'd throw that out there. God is the greater. When we ask God for help, we are asking as an inferior to a superior. The very action of asking shows superiority. This is why a lot of people don't like to ask. They're so proud. If I ask, that means I need something you've got which makes you superior. And people being so proud don't want to ask. It's your downfall. Amen. The system of the kingdom of God is very different from the world system. As a believer, it is imperative that we learn this new system and how to operate correctly within this system in the kingdom. The limitations of the old world system have been removed. Now, this is not, this is not, well, I'm going to go down to the car lot and I'm going to go look at cars because you just never know what God's going to do. Neither do you. Your loss is a goose in the fog and you think that's faith? That ain't faith. There's no faith involved in that. You never know what God's going to do. Well, if you don't know, then you can't have faith. Are you with me? This is not the world system we live in. The old ways of thinking that keeps one in poverty must be changed. It starts with your thinking. It doesn't change with, it doesn't start with what's in your hand. It starts with your thinking. Because what's in your hand, you'll blow that in a heartbeat and you'll be back to being poor again. It's all about your thinking. It's got to be changed. A believer's ability to reap and produce a healthy bottom line is now based on what's sown rather than what's stored up. It's not about storing up. It's about sowing. And the only reason to have anything, I mean, of course, there's stuff that we use and we stuff that we get, and that's fine. But the biggest reason we have anything 
is in order so that God can come to you and go, I want you to do this. And you go, okay. Are you with me? There are foundations in the world system that need to be established in order to prosper in the world system. Some of these foundations include working, saving, investing, hoarding, selfishness, keep it at, every, at all costs. But there's also foundations in God's kingdom that a believer must be established in in order to prosper. And the foundations of each system are totally different. The biggest foundation in God's system to prosper is to give. There's one that gives and yet increases all the more. Well, how does that happen? I understand that if I store, if I keep it, if I hold on to it, I could see how I can prosper. But how does giving help me to prosper? Why can't we figure that out? Because we're not as smart as God. So it's just going to be a matter of believing what God says. Are you with me? Amen. Now, I've lived around the world. And any place around the world, there's different ways of operating in the area of finances. There's different currencies in each country. There's different shopping in each country, different abilities in business, there's different thinking and different limitations. And all of these differences are depending on the nation that you're in. You can't go to one nation and then think it's going to operate the same in another nation. Right. It's all different. There's only one thing that remains the same. Got to have. Got to have. <laughs> Everybody's trying to get it. Amen. So we need to learn differences, differences between the world system and God's kingdom so that we can function in them correctly because we want the promised results of financial increase in the kingdom. Now, we don't want the results so that we can hoard it up for ourselves. You know, the, one of the best things you can do is decide to be a distribution center for God. That's right. Amen. You know, people are just like crazy over some ministers because they got stuff but yet the stuff they have is the overflow of all that they've given away they have no idea of what they've given away all they do is look at what they have because they're covetous they're jealous their um, poverty mentality and they have no idea you know I just traded in my car back in uh, May we were over in uh, Miami. We went for an uh, uh, ICFM meeting over there. So while we were there, we had a couple of days, and we had talked about, you know, upgrading the car. And uh, we found a car over there. It was a good price, and I thought it was, you know, very well. So I had the car I was driving, I bought it in February of 2020. So we were over there in May of 2022, and I traded my car in, and I got for my car $1,000 more than what I paid for it back in 2020. <laughs> what a deal. That's right. And then I got another $3,000 returned because of the other car because I didn't use all the warranty on it. That was nice. That was a surprise. Are you with me? 
Look at that Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. Now it shall be if you... Now, what does shall be mean? It means it shall be. <laughs> this is a guaranteed promise from the word of God. It shall be if you diligently obey. This is not once in a while when you get around to it. You know what to get around to it? Obedience is Cain. Cain was a get around to it obedience. That when he got around to it, he brought God a little something. Abel brought him the first, the tithe. But Cain, it says, when he got around to it, then he gave something to God. And God had no regard for Cain's offering. So we want to be diligent, not just get around to it. Now it shall be, if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today. Not Genesis to Revelation, but what's he talking to you about? What are the things he's talking to you about doing? The things he commands you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you listen to and obey the voice of the Lord your God. And we know the blessings. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out. You're the head, you're not the tail. You're above, you're not beneath. You're blessed in the work of your hand. You'll prosper in the things you set your hand to. All of your possessions, your flocks, your herds, everything's going to increase. Possessions are designed to increase. Yeah. You know, and then he'll give rain in season. The work of your hand will be blessed and everything you touch is going to prosper. That's the blessing. And that's the promise. And we all want that, isn't, don't we? We confess the blessing. We call on the blessing. Bless God, I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I call it in that what I set my hand to, that I'm going to prosper. But the blessings only come as we are obedient to his commands. Obedient to his commands. Obedient to his commands. You know what it means to be obedient to his commands? Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit soul and body so you can't have a willingness in your spirit and a grudging attitude in doing it and go well, I, I i i i did what god wanted me to do that's not obedience in in isaiah chapter one it says if you'll be willing and obedient you'll eat the good of the land there's a willingness soul and there's obedience out of your heart right. willing and obedient so obedience is all of us, spirit, soul, and body, getting it together. Amen? Amen? There's a lot of things that we do grudgingly, don't really want to do it, have an attitude. Every time it comes up, I got an attitude about this, but I'm going to do it. Sorry, wood, hay, and star, because it's not your heart. Wrong attitude. You got to get that right. Amen. In the area of finances, God has commanded us to be a tither. Although it's not law anymore, it is out of a righteous relationship. And then his word tells us that we can prove him. 
Prove me. Go ahead. Bring the tithe into the soil. Prove me. See if this don't happen. I'll open up the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing till there's not room enough to receive it. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake that he won't destroy the fruits of your ground. That vine in the field is not going to cast its grapes before it's time. And all the nations will see and call you blessed. Amen. Amen. And you know, we're not looking to be blessed just to go to the world. I'm blessed. You got nothing. You know, that's not the point. Because some people do that. Well, if I get blessed, they'll see. They, what are they going to see? They'll see your attitude. That's what they're going to see. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are we happy? You know, James tells us to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only because then you deceive yourself. If you're not doing the things that you heard, you're deceiving yourself because you think you know it. This is what Jesus calls idle words. When you say you believe something, but you don't do it, it's an idle word. And it, those words, God will not judge you based on your words. It's your words will judge you. Are you with me? So we prove ourselves. Prove yourself a doer of the word. It's proving yourself by doing his word. And then God proves himself by confirming his word. To a heart of faith. So God proves himself. We prove ourselves. Renew your mind. Don't be conformed. Be transformed. So that you may prove the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. Amen. When I first received an understanding about tithing, after I got over choking, because <laughs> I choked. You know, I got saved in 1980. We, we could barely get by. Um, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on that, but just suffice to say, we could barely get by uh, at that time. So when I got saved in, in 81, 80 or 81, 81, got saved in 81. And um, I found out that tithing meant a tenth. And I choked on that because I couldn't see how I could give a tenth to God and survive when I couldn't survive on 100%. But I finally settled on the fact that that's what God said. And I realized something. God knows what he's talking about. This is nothing new. My being in the position I was in and not being able to take care of my needs and all this, that was not a new position. That was common. So God, he knows what he's talking about. He's trying to tell you, you want to get out of that? So I made a determination, my wife and I determined that we would tithe to God. Now, certainly we had a great appreciation to God. We were grateful and thankful. He delivered us out of hell. Yep. I have no idea just how close to hell. I, I was closer to hell than my wife was. And I'm so grateful that he delivered me out. So because of our love for the Lord, we desired to please him and to obey him. And if his word said to tithe, then we wanted to be hearkening diligently to the voice of the Lord our God. Amen. Amen. Now, it wasn't always easy. The pressure was on. The squeeze would be in there. And it would be like, you know, how am I going to do I, You know, I'm trying to squeeze money to be able to bring my tithe to the, to the storehouse. I'm paying, you know, I, I've sent in checks on last week's bills, and I'm hoping for enough money in my paycheck this week to cover that. And I'm still trying to get the tithe. 
still trying to, you know, believe him for the tithe. And it wasn't always easy. And there's times I wanted to quit. There's times my wife would say to me, can we miss the tithe this week? Well, you know what happens if you miss the tithe this week? Uh huh. And then you'll miss it next week. And next month you'll miss a couple of weeks and so on and so on and so on. But I wanted to continue to cast my bread upon the water so that it could come back again. There's times that I would get mad. I'm getting mad, you know, over this thing. It's just not seem to be working. Things don't seem to be changing. Things are still hard. And I had to discipline myself. And I had to say what the Word of God said. And I had to honor God in the area of finances. And I came to find out later on that Jesus said, if you are not faithful in the use of unrighteous mammon, who will trust the true riches to you? Money is the, is the test of your life. Why? Because it is the number one thing in the world system. Lucifer, who, because of the abundance of his stuff, merchandise, it was because of the abundance of his stuff that he rebelled against God. Because he thought, look at all that I got. And he forgot it all belonged to God. When you bring your tithe to the Lord, it helps you to remember the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The gold is his, the silver is his. I just get to use it. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the thousand hills also. He owns it all. I just get to use it. So I bring this to him and gratitude for what he allows me to use. Amen. So I had to discipline myself to do what the word said and honor God in the area of finances and kept talking to myself, kept speaking the promises of God. You know, all the promises in Deuteronomy 28, I realized they all hinged on this. If I will diligently obey the voice of the Lord, my God. And I would declare, that's the thing I would declare, that I'm going to diligently obey the voice of the Lord, my God. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to obey him. Whatever he's telling me to do, that's what I'm going to do. The promises, they will take care of themselves. Now, why do we confess the promises? Because the devil wants to rob them from you. The devil wants to tell you, oh, well, your, your hand is not supposed to be blessed. Oh, that, this stuff, you know, you're not blessed going in, blessed going out. You just make it in and you just make it out, and that's the way life is. The devil wants to lie to you. But unless you know what the Word of God says, you'll fall for the lies. So you only know what those promises are. So that you don't fall for his lies. But you do what he says to do to create the promises. Right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Salvation is freely given, but it needed to be received. Right? right? So I could put a $100 bill up here, and I could say, Rob, this $100 bill is for you. And Rob could sit there and go, thanks. 
That's great. I appreciate that. Then he could get up and go home and never get the $100 bill. And he'll, as he walks out the door, he'll think, well, if he really wanted me to have it, he'd come put it in my hand. He'd shove it in my pocket, push it down my shirt. I mean, whatever, you know, make me take it. See, and that's the way people think about God. Well, if God really wants me to have it, he'll, he'll, yeah, he already has. Stop with the he'll do it. He's already done it. When are you going to pick it up? You're waiting on something that will never happen. Because he's already done it. So you got to get out of religion and get into that relationship. I have a relationship with my wife for 49 years now. Longer than I've known Jesus. <laughs> and because of that relationship, I can come to her about anything. She can come to me about anything. And it's a righteous relationship because a righteous relationship is where each party looks to meet the expectations of the other. And that's what our relationship with God is supposed to be about. God's already provided. My wife cooks for me. She puts the food on the table. She's not going to twist my arm, put my face in the plate, and make me eat. Say, eat that, eat that. And you're not getting up until you eat that. <laughs> well, that's the way people think God is. Well, if you want me to have it, he'll make me. No, he ain't making you do nothing. You won't have the will to do something. Go without. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you will and it'll be done Thank you, Lord Jesus. son that's a blank check from the most most from the richest person yeah. in creation <laughs> ask whatever you will if you abide in me and my word abides in you why because you'll ask according to the word you'll ask in faith yep. amen. amen freely given but needs to be received God didn't force you to get saved. It was a choice. You had to make a choice. And this, which was given, was given to everybody. So whatever it takes, by grace, through faith, that's what it took to get into the kingdom. And that's what it takes to operate in the kingdom. It never changes. It's always the same. It's by grace through faith. By grace through faith. But remember, it's not a result of works. It is not of yourself. It doesn't mean you don't do anything. It's just that it's not of yourself. The source, I think we talked about that. The source of it is not you. The source of it is God. But I do in accordance with it. I'm a doer of the word. Are you with me? We want to be what God's called us to be, which is tithers. And we want to do what God has called us to do, which is tithing. And there is so much more that the Lord has in store for us in the area of our finances, but can't go any further with us if we don't do the very basics of tithing. While it's not a required command, as in the Old Testament, it's a matter of heart condition. And if you're willing and obedient, 
you'll eat the good of the land. It's very simple. Very basic to operate in this area that opens the door to many, many areas of blessing. Proverbs, it says, there's one that gives and yet increases all the more. But there's one that withholds what is justly due, and he'll wind up only in want. Don't withhold what's due, because it's not your road to advancement. That is the road to ruin. And although we think, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, that world system will pull the plug on you and you'll lose it all. The desired results will not be attained but only want will increase and want will abound. So there's two paths to make a choice. Will I be the one that gives so that I can increase all the more? Will I be the one to withhold and I'll wind up only in want? It's a choice. Proverbs is good about giving us choices. If you haven't been tithing to your high priest, which is Jesus, then you ought to repent of that. Choose to turn away from your ways and walk in his ways, which is higher, because the way that seems right to you is not going to be good. Isn't that right? And your mind might not be able to comprehend how you can give and get ahead. But that's where faith comes in. You either believe what God says or you don't believe what God says. And you can read it in the Bible just for yourself. You don't even have to take my word for it. You know, the, the, Paul said that the Bereans were more noble of all, because they would go home and check out the scriptures daily to make sure that what he said was the truth. Now, they didn't go check with the Judaizers, the Stoics, the philosophers, the cult leaders, the Gnostics. They went to the word and see if what he said was the truth. And if what he said was in the word, then they took it as the truth. It's a simple check. Amen. God said, that's the way it will be. And we have to put our faith in that truth, that when you give, you'll get ahead. Amen. Amen. And now, is there a fight? Of course there is, because the enemy will come against you. You're going to have to make a determined purpose that you're going to go with what the word of God says, regardless of the fight, because you will come out the other side victorious. Yes. Start meditating on the word of God. Ponder the scriptures about tithing. Instead of trying to reason it, just ponder what the word of God says. You don't have to get in your head and start reasoning it. Just ponder it, what the word. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Well, let me see. How can, no, that's reasoning. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That may be food in my house and prove me now in this. Okay, bring the tithe into the storehouse that there be food in the house. And prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. See, that's pondering. You're pondering what the word of God says. You're not reasoning what it means. The word means what it means and don't need your reasoning to figure it out. Amen. It tells us in the book of Numbers is that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Huh? In Proverbs, it says every word of God is flawless. Every word of God is pure. Every word of God proves true. And we have to realize that God's word is the truth. Isn't that what Jesus said in John 17 in his high priestly prayer to the Father? Thy word is truth. Amen. If we disagree with the truth, 
then we are agreeing with less than the truth. And we open ourselves up to being overcome. Because look in James chapter 1. I'm sorry, John chapter 1. John 1 verses 1 through 5. Gospel of John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Now, when it says the Word was with God, it doesn't mean He was a separate entity from God. It's just a way of saying it to really bring out the point that the Word's a God. Okay? Verse 2, He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Didn't comprehend it also means didn't understand it, also means could not overpower it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overpower the light. What's the light? The Word. The Word is the light. The light shines in the dark. Darkness cannot put out the light. You can't get dark enough to put light out. It can be dark as dark can be, but you light a match and darkness cannot absorb that light. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the word made flesh. That's what it says in, if you look in verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. What was the name of that flesh? Jesus of Nazareth. The word became flesh. So when we talk about the word, we talk about Jesus. When we talk about Jesus, we're talking about the word. From, the, from eternity past, there was three in heaven, the Father, the word, and the spirit. And all three in perfect agreement. Right? Amen. Anything short of the word, which is Jesus, will be overcome by darkness. This is why I tell you all the time, your Christian cliches is not going to cut it. Have, saying something that's close to the word of God is not going to cut it. You need to know what the word of God says. You need to get that word in your heart. Let that get into your mouth and let that direct your path. Are you with me? Amen. Walk in the light of tithing and you'll walk in the victory of Jesus. The Lord wants to open up for us the windows of heaven. Oh, he does. The windows of great opportunity so that you can go and bring in the harvest. Harvest of stuff, harvest of people. But let's not tie his hands. So if you need to get the lubricant out, Your obedience will lubricate those windows so that those windows can start opening up. And you see, it's not a one-time open. It's every time you bring the tithe and to honor the Lord, those windows open every single time. Windows open, windows open, windows open. Devour or rebuked. Vine not cast its grapes. Nations will know that you are blessed. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Obey the word of the Lord in the area of tithing. It's the very basic, the very basic foundation of operations in the kingdom of God. 
and it's the very basic foundation to bring financial increase into our life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead and lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that you've laid it out plainly, that you have given to us revelation. You've given us and shown us the reality of the word of God, that there does not have to be any question about it, but you've laid it right out for us, that you are certainly the advocate, the attorney that knows how to lay out the things, to see it all in order and know that what you say is the truth from the beginning to the end and all in between. Now, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to take these things and seal them on the inside of us, that they become a reality, Father, not just to us, but a reality inside of us, that it gets seated deep into our heart, that it will start to set our path, Father. Father, I thank you that the reality of the whole tithe comes alive and real to us. And Father, I just thank you so much that your word is truth, that you are not a man that you should lie. Every word of yours is pure, flawless, and full of power to come to pass. If we'll just receive your word, act on your word, it will be, as you said, for you will confirm your word with signs following. So, Father, I thank you for every person in this room, live stream, and podcast that this becomes a reality in our hearts this day, Father. And we thank you for it and bless you and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless you. We honor you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you, Father, that your word is so full of principles, purposes and plans that we can walk in partake of and that we can have your life as a reality in our life father we come before you right now with our giving whether it be our tithes or offerings whatever it may be that we're bringing before you we do so in honor to you with a heart of gratitude father for all that you've done for us you have truly blessed us just as Melchizedek blessed Abraham, so also you have blessed us. And we come before you, Lord, <coughs> right now with our tithes, with our offerings to honor you and tell you that we look at you as the superior and we are the inferior. And we thank you that you take us with your word. We take us with your thoughts and lift us up into a higher level of living. We thank you for it, bless you, and praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 If you joined us on live stream or on podcast, thanks so much for being with us today. We do pray that the word has really touched you and affected you. And in the weeks to come, we're going to continue on down the path of finances because God wants you to prosper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has things he wants you to do. He wants you to be fully supplied and sufficient unto every good deed that he'll lead you to be involved in. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you can go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, and you can click on the giving link. And I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. If there's anything at all 
that you would like for us to stand in prayer with you and believe God with you for, please let us know. It is always an honor to stand with our partners and believe God with you for your needs to be met. You are not far away, no matter where you are in the world, for there is no distance in the spirit, and the anointing of God will go to where you are. And the answer of prayer is powerful and mighty. Amen.